2021, it's difficult for the average person to imagine that someone born and raised in the United States does not know how to use technology or navigate public transportation or could be overcome with anxiety at the thought of crossing the street. Now imagine being in a position where it's frowned upon to ask for help in those situations or even ask questions because you're expected to just know. I was that person six years ago. For over a decade, I lived in what I call a time capsule. I was eventually released from one of New Jersey's state prisons to an area where I had never lived at an age that people expected me to act in a manner that was foreign to me and without the support needed for my survival. I couldn't get a job because I'd never had a resume. I couldn't get an apartment because I had no rental, employment, or credit history. I couldn't do the many things that would prevent me from going back to the system designed for me to fail. Unfortunately, I'm not the only neighbor you pass that has a similar reentry experience. So welcome to Hiding in Plain Sight, the neighbors you never hear from. This series will take you on a journey of reentry through the firsthand experiences of six people and where they are today. During the recent interview, I spoke with Kim about the effects of childhood traumas leading to adult insecurities. She speaks about what happens when a system neglects to provide sustainable care for a child in need, from childhood abuse to teenage survival sex to adult hurdles. We stumble through both tragedies and triumphs of Kim's life story. My name is Kimberly Nicole Mitchell. I was born once in 83, um, born and raised in Plainfield, New Jersey. I have two children, a son and a daughter, 23 and 18. I was like kind of... Um, had a rough childhood, you know what I'm saying? Um, I, first time in an institution, I was 10 years old, you know what I'm saying? So, like, um, but, you know, in prison, I kind of got to, like, learn learn a little bit about myself. Like, I like to read. Um, I like to watch movies. I love to shop. Like, I love it. Like, retail therapy, like, all day. Um, and... I just really like to, what can I say, like, all around just have a fun time, you know what I'm saying, like, um, and that's it, like, no negative vibes, like, just chill regular, like, that's it, you know, and um, I always wanted to be a nurse, like, before I went to prison, I was going to Sassone Institute for Medical Administrative Assistant, um, but of course, you know, the situation, the tragedy happened, before we could truly delve deep into our conversation, we were interrupted by an unexpected visitor. Who is it? Okay. Hello. Yes. We decided to take a short break because it was evident that Kim was visibly affected. My first ever time in the parole office, I threw up all over the carpet. That's how scared and traumatized and fucked up Clinton has me to the point where I fear the fuck out of these people okay I used to have to go to before the pandemic I was going to the office once a month um my counselors would take me whatever but they could all tell you um I'll shake like tears, sometimes they fall, sometimes I just get teary-eyed, um, I shake, I be just so 
scared and nervous to the point it's like sometimes I get in there and can't even pee. And I be like, oh, God, I don't want them to think I'm dirty because, you know, I can't pee. But I'm, I'm so nervous I can't pee. You know what I'm saying? So I have to be like sometimes like really calm myself down so I can pee. Um, I'm that traumatized. Clinton has me that traumatized and fucked up. And it's going on five years later. And you see when my parole officer just came to the door, I just had a whole anxiety attack. I am still like, even sometimes to this day, me and him would be walking down the street and I'll see a cop car. I'll just get nervous and like, like crazy. So yes, I'm very, very traumatized. Like I could be on the, I've been on the highway and I've seen a Clinton sign and I have a panic attack. Like, yo, like while we passing this, while we near this, like go this way. Like, so yeah, the PTSD is very real for me. Very real. As our conversation progressed, Kim gave us an in-depth timeline of how and when she felt her life took a turn. It was not a childhood filled with toys and games. I can remember as far back as like four years old. Um, I can remember, you know, sitting on a stoop outside um, three, four, five o'clock in the morning, you know, Drug dealers making money. My mom with the drug dealers, you know, she's getting high and I'm just out there four years old. You know what I'm saying? You know, drug dealers buying me bags of cheddar chips. You know what I'm saying? But I want to go home. I'm sleepy. You know what I'm saying? I want to go watch cartoons. I want to go play with my toys. You know, so at four years old, it's like basically my first exposure to drugs, the drug scene, period. You know what I'm saying? As far back as I can remember. Um, I can remember, you know, me and my mom and her boyfriend being like in a car chase and I'm in the back seat and they threw a bat at the back window. I'm like four or five years old, scared to death. Um, you know, I remember my mom's boyfriend having like a big safe of drugs in the house and my grandmother, like she was like everything to me, but she wound up having a stroke and she became paralyzed. So it was like she was taken from me because as my mom, you know, was like started getting, you know, deeper and deeper into drugs, I was getting more neglected. She started like really using drugs real bad. Like we would get evicted. We would have lights. We wouldn't have food. We would have to live with this person and this person. So when I got molested, I was scared. I thought she was going to beat me. I thought it was my fault. So I tried to kill myself. Kim also elaborated on her, along with many others, struggles while being on parole, having a violent crime, and navigating reentry. I had like three, four parole officers during these five years on parole. Not one ever gave me a resource, but you want to be on my back about a job. So it's like just no help. And like I said, you go to One Stop Career, they're like, I don't even know why they're even open. Seriously, like, come on, because they do absolutely nothing. So it's like you're forced to just go home, get on welfare, get that punk ass one, two hundred dollars a month and then get your punk low a bit of fucking food stamps. And then it's like what you got to do. And then on top of that, you have the nerve to restrict us. Oh, you can't serve alcohol. That's the dumbest fucking rule ever, because let me tell you something. I don't have to work in the establishment if I'm going to fucking drink, okay? It's liquor stores every fucking where. If I'm a drink, I'm a drink. 
So for y'all to be so on us parole about getting jobs, like if they don't give our resources, they don't help us. And then they put on restrictions of what we can and cannot do. Like, what do you mean? It's already hard for us to get a job because we're a felon. And then you want to put restrictions on what we can and cannot do. It's only really supermarkets, retail, and fucking restaurants that really want to even deal with violent offenders. So what would Kim tell her younger self and many other young children with similar experiences if she could turn back the hands of time? I would tell her um, to just take her time in life Um, because... I used to get beat and I used to be so scared of this lady and I hated this lady. I wanted to grow up so fast because I wanted to get away and have my own. So I just was so fast. I would tell her, baby, just take your time. Peace, be still. That's in the Bible. You know, just let it flow. Um, Don't race your life. You know, you, you got your whole life ahead of you. Take your time and learn to grow. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't just just quick to just jump out in the streets like I did at 15, selling drugs, um, going to New York for niggas and carrying their drugs back in my vagina at 15 years old. You know what I'm saying? Like, I would just tell her to just take her time. Um, the streets ain't it, and I thought they was. I thought I was gonna find. What I didn't have at home out there, but I never did. Um, and love herself because to this day, I don't love myself. Um, my self-esteem is very low. Um, I try to put on this facade. I force myself to get out of bed so a lot of times because my depression is bad. But for the most part, it's just like, I just try to get better mentally. Um, that's it. And like I said, I would just tell her to just slow down and just live her life, take it day by day. Don't rush and love herself, like to the max, you know. What would happen if we paid attention in a measurable way? Not only to the impact that formerly incarcerated individuals have on communities, but to how they can enhance it. With the world's highest incarceration rate, it is naive of us as a country to not address the unhinged and unchecked harm caused by the carceral system and advance the natural and civil rights of those currently and formerly incarcerated. This is Tia Nork, and thanks for listening to another episode of Hiding in Plain Sight, the neighbors you never hear from. And if you're interested in ways to get involved with helping our neighbors locally, I encourage you to visit njforthouse.org. That's njforthouse.org. Or allofusarenone-northernnj.com. That's allofusarenone-northernnj.com. This series is part of the Nork News and Story Collaborative, made possible with the funding support of the Geraldine R. Dodge Foundation and the Victoria Foundation. The Nork News and Story Collaborative is committed to elevating community-driven storytelling to fill information gaps in local and national media. The collaborative trains community members in storytelling, media making, 
and other creative art forms to share and amplify their experiences. It's laying the groundwork for a collaborative network that will address longstanding information inequities in Newark, New Jersey. For more information and to hear local stories, visit www.newarkstories.com.